tools for living, room to grow, a space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to The Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver, episode 22. Well, it's official, you guys. We are now in 2020. That's right, a new year. But not only a new year, we're entering a new decade. And just imagine what that could mean for a new you and a new me. I really, really believe that the same grace that saves us is the grace that wants to change us. And so if you would, along with me, just invite God into this new year, I believe He wants to do things in our lives like we've never experienced before. And that's why I'm so excited to share with you today's guest. Trisha Goyer is not only a dear friend, but she is a best-selling author. And her new book, The Grumble Free Year, I'm telling you what, it could change everything for us. Because out of the abundance of our heart, the Bible says, the mouth speaks. But I think it can also work in reverse. And as I begin to take control and responsibility for the words... And can I be honest, the grumbling that comes out of my mouth, I believe my heart is changed as well. You're going to love this interview with Trisha, but please stick around at the end because I've got some special offers from Trisha, but also some things that I've created for you as well. But without further ado, here's my interview with Trisha Goyer. Hey, you guys, I'm so excited to have my sweet friend Trisha Goyer with us on the very first day of 2020. Happy New Year! Happy New Year, and that is kind of crazy. Like, can you believe it's 2020? Like, it's crazy. No, no, because I I thought, wasn't everything supposed to end back in 2000? Y two K. Like, there's some people listening to this podcast that are like, Y two what? What? (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness. Time goes by so quickly, my friend. I love, 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 love our times together and so enjoyed having you on episode 14 where you talked about calming angry kids and just gave us some amazing advice, not on, not only on parenting, but how to calm ourselves in the middle of stressful situations. And I just love your new book that came out in November because I think it is the perfect follow-up topic to what do we do with our anger? Because there's a deeper level sometimes going on. And so I'm excited to talk about the grumble-free year, 12 months, 11 family members, and one impossible goal. Okay. Okay. I know, I know what this book is about, but I bet people are like, what? Grumble-free? Tell us, tell us what inspired all of this. Yeah, well, our family, like we you know, talked about in Calming Angry Kids, um, we had a lot of anger. We've adopted seven out of our 10 kids, and they came from, um, six of them came from foster care, and just a lot of pain, a lot of hardship in their life, which ended up coming out in a lot of angry ways. And we kind of got through that. I learned how to calm myself, how to keep them calm. And so we kind of moved through those big explosive days. But John and I noticed there's just this underlying grumbling that was happening all the time. When you ask someone to do something or I need help with this or it's time to sit down and do our homework, it was just grumbling and complaining. And we, we needed change in our lives. And we knew it had to be something that we needed to work on for a while. That's why we picked a year. 
Um, because it's we knew it's those deep heart issues where grumbling come from. It's discontentment. It's not trust trusting God, and we knew it would take a while. And then we told them, if you all work together with us, we will take you on a cruise, which was like there. It got them excited enough to stick through it. Because like anything, if we just say let's sit down and do this, and then a week later it's like you completely forget. And that was kind of like the carrot that we hung out there. That's like okay, this is why we are memorizing these things like this that was the reward we knew that that would keep everyone motivated enough and we knew also if we said that like they they wouldn't let us drop it either like they would keep asking us about it <laughs> it was kind of like our accountability um and we actually did go on the cruise it was like a you know three-day mexican like five people in each room sleeping on bunk beds i mean it's not nothing extravagant but it was enough for all of us like okay this is serious if we're going to put in the time we're going to have a reward um but let's do this together and so you know at first we didn't know how it would work and i mean we had some things that failed some things that went right but overall by the end of the year we are so glad that we did it oh, well i'll tell you what i am so grateful for this book because <laughs> because I am a murmurer. <laughs> you know, it's so interesting that word, you know, murmur, murmur, you know, where I'm kind of under my breath. I tend to be a verbal processor. So I, I have to process, or I think I have to process my thoughts and feelings out loud. But man, it has been something that God has been dealing with me for years about. And I loved this book because you not only tell your story, but at the end of each chapter, which are very short and very readable and and kind of just go to the heart of those different places that grumbling wants to erupt, you give practical thought questions as well as action steps. And I, I was working through them as I read and just thinking, yeah, what is that? What do you think, what do you, what do you really think lies below our grumbling? Well, I think it is a lack of trust in God. I mean, like if we were to sum it up in one thing, it's we don't trust that God is going to take care of us. And we're trying to order our days. We're trying to like make everything look good on the outside so that everything will be perfect. Well, nothing will ever be perfect. And when it's not, then we just start grumbling and complaining. And instead of looking and seeing like, what is God doing for us and just praising him, even in the hard stuff, um, we are grumbling and complaining when things don't go our way. And we want comfort. We want ease. We want a life that's just going to go smoothly. We want to, you know, for my teens, they want to be able to sit and watch YouTube for three hours straight. I want a clean house. Like no one is going to get either one of those things. And so we're going to grumble and complain about it. Mm, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. We really secretly think everything should go our way. Yeah. What, what do you think, um, you know, you, so you set this challenge before your kids and you guys started out. Was there, was it easy from the beginning? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Well, the first day when we sat down and we, we memorized, um, you know, do everything without grumbling or complaining. So that was the first verse, like, that's a foundation step of everything else. And, you know, I mentioned, like, when it comes to grumbling, it's not just that muttering under our breath and it's also the heavy sighs the rolling our eyes the and they're like you gripe at us mom and i'm like you're right that's grumbling when i'm saying how come no one picks up their shoes aren't you supposed to be doing your chore i mean that is grumbling too i'm just acting like you know it's okay for me because i'm the mom telling them that they need to do their stuff but you know we once we 
pointed out like everybody's we call them the grumble styles what everyone's grumble styles were it made us realize like all of us do it all of us may do it in different ways some may do it quietly with just a heavy sigh some might do it very loudly like some of my teen girls are very loud and expressive <laughs> with their grumbling but all of us do it and then so the first part although it wasn't easy um, just being aware was actually a huge step for us. Like, okay, this is all of us. It's not just the kids. I'm not just like ordering you guys need to change. It's like they would look at us when, you know, John and I would be grumbling about something that we were all in it together. And then as we go, went along, I think I had all these ideas. Like, I'm totally, you know me, I'm a planner. I like having ideas and lists mm-hmm. and let's work on these things. And usually the stuff that I planned did not work. Um, it was like, oh, this is a great idea, but it didn't really penetrate into our hearts. And once we really started getting more into God's word, and then even looking at the people around us, like during our year, my grandma broke her back. Um, nothing that we had planned at all was completely unexpected. And here she is lying flat on her back. She had to wear a back brace, couldn't even sit up. I had, you know, couldn't even use a potty chair next to her bed. So it was me full-time caregiving in addition to all the kids and stuff. But even though that was super hard, um, she would lay there and praise God. Like she, because she has dementia, she couldn't even remember that her back was broken. We'd have to explain to her every day, but she would just sit there and praise Jesus and talk about how wonderful. And I'm like, this is what it's about. Like her heart, like the core of her heart was thankfulness, even though she's not had an easy life. Um, over the years, she became a Christian in her 40s. She learned to praise God. And again, when she's facing hardship again she's just praising god and it came back to like all the things i planned <laughs> that i thought would be easy didn't work all the things that were unexpected that pointed us to true thankfulness and how to really um have grateful hearts i mean what god brought in to our family that ended up working so much better and so really it was kind of like okay god what are you trying to show us um things are happening here and how can we just point these things out to our kids and show us what it means to be truly grateful Oh, I love that. I love that. You know, I was talking with a friend um, and was reminded of a long, long ago, a, a conversation with my pastor's wife, and she was talking about her dear mother who who was um, in her 80s and just absolutely tormented by fear. And, you know, he, she was a godly, godly woman, a pastor's wife, godly, godly woman, loved Jesus with all her heart. But my my pastor's wife said, you know what, Joanna, we need to let God deal with our stuff because it's if we don't let him deal with us now, it will only get exaggerated as we get older. And I think that can be true of grumbling. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I find myself, the Lord has really been just saying, Joanna, why do you just rush to grumble? <laughs> why don't you just why don't you pause and invite me into the situation? And that's helped me a lot, not just to kind of just spurt out what I'm feeling and thinking at all times, um, just to kind of pause a moment and take it to the Lord instead. Was there any big aha moments for you personally? Oh my goodness. There were so many aha moments as we went along. I think one thing was um, just looking back at like how I was raised, like Yes, we would grumble. Like we never yelled at each other. I don't remember my mom and my stepdad like screaming at each other or anything, but it was like that 
underlying discontent, like we never had enough. Like we always felt like, oh, I wish I could go on a vacation like that, or it must be nice to just be able to go buy a new car. It's like that underlying discontent that that was, those were the voices that I heard growing up. And I think those are, that's what I brought into my home. So even though, you know, God has given us so much, it's like, I need something more. I need something different. I need something better. And it was me like looking into my heart and realizing like, why, why do I think I need more? Like, you know, even though that was the way I was raised and that was kind of like what I was taught, do I really need more? Or, or especially, I think my thing that I grumble about the most and that I really just catch myself on a daily basis, like this is a daily thing is just a messy house. Like I love a clean house. I love everything organized. After adopting seven kids, my house is so unorganized and so messy. I was just like walking over shoes and toys on the way to, you know, get get on here and record with you. And it's like, I mean, how could I expect any different? Like we have a lot of people in this house that are moving all the time. There's, you know, kids and their friends are in and out. And um, I could really get overwhelmed with just being discontent and not being happy with the family God gave us. Um, and it really is just turning my heart around and saying, God, I am just so thankful. Like it does not matter. It's not going to matter 10 years from now, how messy my house was today, but it matters that I'm kind and I speak, um, with gentleness to my kids and that I, they hear me thanking you for the things that we have, like that is going to matter. Um, I don't want to be remembered as that grumbling mom that things were never good enough or clean enough. I want to be remembered as a mom that um, spent time with them and got into God's word with them and all those things. So really it took me like, okay, I know I have an ideal of what I want our house to look like or what I want to happen, but it's not realistic. And I'm not thanking God for what he has already done in our family. I'm just being discontent. So again, I'd sit down with my Bible, my journal in my morning, because I can't help the kids if I'm like dealing with all this stuff myself. So it was me like journaling and writing. And why do I think things need to be a certain way? And why am I discontent? And what things did I learn growing up? And how is that? How is God's word, you know, tell me to give thanks in all things? And it just, it was a lot of me working through that in my morning quiet time before I even had to like train or help or teach my kids. Yeah. Well, and I like that because if we can work through the emotions of it, when it does come time to actually instruct our kids, because there are those instructions that are needed, it's done in a different spirit and than when I do it right. out of a frustration. Yeah. So I love that. Well, you, you give us um, so many wonderful chapters. There's actually 20 chapters. And like I said, they're short reads, but really powerful. Um, talking about grumbling, looking for the good, um, what to do when life gets in the way of our plans and how prayer makes the difference. As you look at your different kids and um, their different grumbling styles, were there moments where you saw God just kind of intersect their lives rather than you kind of telling them how they needed to change? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think what I realized that um, even though like I could come up with these ideas or these things that I wanted them to change or ideas of how they could change, it really was 
God that changes their heart. Like, surprise, <laughs> surprise. Like, mom's tips and ideas aren't going to be the thing. And I think there was definitely months, especially at the beginning, where I get so frustrated because we're trying all these things and nothing's really working. And I don't even know if we're improving on the grumbling. Um, but when we got into God's word, I saw God's word change them. And one of our daughters, especially like she just had a hard time with grumbling and complaining with over anything. And, you know, she was a preteen, so there might've been some hormones involved too, but it was just like every conversation, everything was just grumbling, complaining and whining, a lot of whining. And, um, I remember, you know, just praying about it and thinking of the fruit of the spirit. And so we would talk a lot about the fruit of the spirit and how God it's God in us changing us. And this child had, you know, you know, accepted Christ in her home and she was baptized. And so I knew like God was in her and we talked about, you could turn to God, you could ask him for help. And we had that conversation once. And then over the coming weeks, um, when we have our morning prayer time, she would just pray for God's spirit to change her. And that just was so meaningful to me that, um, that she was seen that she needed to change and that she also realized that she couldn't do it in her own strength, but God could help her. And we saw a change, such a huge change. I mean, over that year, um, just in her attitude and her interactions with other family members and just her praying for God's spirit in her to give her that love, joy, peace, you know, self-control, all the, all the fruit of the spirit. And when I was actually editing the book, I went back and I'm like, oh my goodness, I forgot that she used to be that way <laughs> because, you know, I'm kind of writing as the years going on. And when I go back, I'm like, cause she's not like that at all now. And it made me realize like, it wasn't any of my ideas that really <laughs> changed her heart. It was her praying. And, you know, she was, I think 12 at the time. Um, and just praying like, God, I need your fruit of your, of your spirit in me. I need you to work when I can't do these things. And that God heard that prayer and God changed her. And, um, you know, even recently one of her younger sisters was kind of, kind of having a, a grumbly moment and she's like, is that how I used to be? And I'm like, oh yeah. And worse. And she's like, wow. And so she could even see that God has changed her from the inside out. And so wow. it's neat. Isn't that what it's all about? Exactly. It's all, and I think that's the thing I love about how the journey God took you on. Um, you share, you share so honestly about, <laughs> I had it all planned and we had this little exercise we were going to do and it just totally went sideways. And then life op- handed you an opportunity and you guys invited God into it. And I think sometimes we, we like, yeah, I know I need to be into God's word. And we, we go try to figure out what he wants to say when if we would allow kind of life to introduce the topic, but then bring God into it. And I, I love the practical ways that you show how that happened because I think it can inspire us as well. I've realized that I'm, I'm often more concerned about, um, altering my children's behavior than getting them in touch with Jesus. And boy, when he does the work, that just, that drives a piling down in their soul to bedrock where it's not mom and dad's religion. It's not what I ought to do in self help. It's that 
I prayed for a changed heart and God changed me. And that's going to last forever. She's never going to forget that. Yeah. And you and I both have adult kids. So we know like you're only, only could teach them so much and train them so much. And of course we want, we do want to, you know, give our kids wisdom and, and give them direction, but then they're on their own. Like they're out of our house and you have kids out of our house, the house. I have, you know, adult kids out of the house. And it is that, that time that we spend in God's word and pointing our kids to him. Like I'm not always going to be there when my kids are going through a struggle, but any moment they can pray and say, God, I need you in this moment. And that's what we want. We want them to know that they can turn to God and he's not going to be disappointed. Like if they do rumble or whatever issues in their life, like he loves them completely. And that's what we want. We want them to be able to turn to God in these hard moments, even when mom and dad aren't around because we're not always going to be around. That's so good. It's so good because I think, I think otherwise it's, again, it's an exercise in um, self-help or, you know, like even hearing the words of your title, the grumble free year. And we're like, oh, I need that. I need to do that. I need to do that. And we forget that we can invite the Holy Spirit into that. You know, when he puts his finger on something in our lives, he's not saying, now you go change that. He's just saying, will you give me access? to that place in your heart. You know, um, I, I was looking at that verse you mentioned earlier in Philippians 2, 14, do everything without complaining or arguing. And it's interesting because the verses before talk about working out our salvation and, you know, following God's law. But then it says, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his purpose. So he really is wanting to provide the power and the desire to do his will. And then it's really interesting that it just fits that in there. Do everything without complaining and arguing. But then it goes into verse 15, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. I find it really interesting, and he does it other places in his word, that how we talk, how we behave is linked to our testimony. James says that if you can keep your tongue in check, your whole body will be in check. Um, what, what do you think about that? How can we take responsibility for our own words? Yeah, that is such a good thing. And I think when we realize the power of our words, um, especially as parents at home, like the, whatever we speak will happen. Like if I'm speaking, you guys are messy. This is a horrible day. It's going to be a horrible day and the kids are going to be messy. But when I'm saying you're doing a good job, I could see changes in you. I could see you turning to God. I could see you maturing. Our kids will kind of grow in that. And I love that how it talks about we are lights in a crooked generation. And we know we can, I mean, everywhere people are grumbling and complaining, every grocery stores on, on social media, like everyone's grumbling, grumbling and complaining. And when we see someone rejoicing someone being thankful, like people are drawn to that. And we even had a you know, situation where my older girls were um, babysitting in the nursery at our church with a, a lady. And they were just telling about their grumble for a year. And they were telling about being adopted and how thankful they were and what God has done in their lives. And I didn't know any of this because I'm like working with teen moms. And so I had no idea this is going on in the nursery. And afterwards, the, the lady came up to me. She says, you need to be so proud of your girls. They're so happy to be adopted. 
They shared about what they were doing, um, you know, trying to not grumble. They shared about what God was doing in their lives. And um, later she said, you know what, my husband and I are are opening our home to foster kids um, because just hearing your daughter's example, like the difference and the change that you guys made in our lives. I mean, talk about a light shining. Wow. it's just so neat, you know, to hear that afterwards, because as a mom, we're always like, oh, no, what are they saying? <laughs> what are they doing? But to know that my teen girls, like during that time when they're with this older lady and they're all just watching babies together, were able to share about being adopted and what God was doing in their lives, that that made her and her husband, they did. They went and got their training and they do respite care and they help do foster care and they're in our church. And it's neat to see that that is the difference that God's shining light can make in this world where there is so much negativity and everyone is just pointing at other people's faults. Um, and when we give glory to God and, and can really show what he is doing in our lives and the difference that he is making other people take notice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I have to confess that I have never considered you a grumbler after many, many years watching your life up close, but what has changed for you in this area? Well, also, I I was thinking about this because I tell people all the time, like, I wish you would have seen my house in Montana when it was clean all the time. (laughs) Because that is like so my nature, like having everything clean and organized. And so I would say like the grumbling has come as we've added more kids and more chaos and more mess into our lives. Like my kids are like, oh, yeah, mom gripes at us all the time. Like they will tell you. Um, And so Honestly, like every single day when I feel like grumbling or complaining about a mess, about the food that someone ate on the couch and it smashed into the cushion, like I'm, I will pause because I worked on this right along with the kids for a year. I will say, thank you, God, that we have food. <laughs> thank mm. you that we have a couch. I mean, okay, the food smashed on the couch right now, but every single day of my life, I have to pause instead of grumbling and complaining, and start thanking God. Thank you for the piles of laundry that I have um, and the mud that was tracked in through my living room carpet. So it really is those moments where we just have to catch ourselves and have to, instead of grumbling or complaining, to turn our direction to God, to realize like we do, we have a home, we have cars, we have clothes we can wear, which there's so many people. Like I've been to the slums of Kibera, and the Kibera slums in Kenya, I've, I've seen like people that have nothing. And so it just makes me realize like, I don't need to be complaining. Um, yes, I will talk to my kids and people work on this, but we just need to be thankful. And so every day of my life, I'm pausing and catching myself and trying to just be thankful and thank God for what he has done in our lives. And so it really has like from the inward out changed me as something I need to work on. I love that. As you were talking, I was thinking about, um, I had the opportunity to go to Romania just a year and a half after the, um, the wall fell in the communist wall fell. And it was so interesting because these people had so very little and yet they were so happy. And, you know, we would be, <laughs> the the lady of the home would, would have cooked, you know, hours and hours, but we wouldn't get back until like midnight. And we would say, I'm so sorry. And she'd say, no problem, no problem. And everywhere we went were those two words, no problem, no problem. And I was like, you know what? Ah, in America, everything's a problem. 
Do you think that maybe it is our blessings that has created a complaining, murmuring heart in us? Oh, I think, I definitely think so. And I think um, when we have so much, our, and then there's all the commercials and all this and that, and look at how she looks in those new shoes. I mean, it's just the the desire for more makes us forget that we really, truly need to be thankful. And when we look at like a, a huge thing like September 11th or these big, big national um, you know, situations that happen, what do people do? They turn to God. They remember God. They turn back. It's during those hard moments they remember. But I think once we have so much, we forget about God. And it talks about that in the Bible over and over again, you know, that people, I mean, they are gluttons and they, um, you know, Babylon, it talks about all, everything that they had and all the wealth. And, you know, it warns in Isaiah, it warns against Babylon. And you, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I can't, I won't quote it exactly, but it talks about, you know, you, in your gluttony and in your luxury, you have missed out on God. And I think that is so true in our society too, because we have so much and it just makes us discontent instead of making us appreciate what we do have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think sometimes we know we need to be grateful. Um, but sometimes I think, at least for me as a feeling driven girl, sometimes I think, well, yeah, but I, you know, just saying it doesn't make it true. And maybe it's hypocritical for me to say, you know, Lord, thank you for this and thank you for that. But I do think something happens when we, when we interrupt (laughs) our complaining circuit, you know, where we, we, I don't know anybody else out there, but I, what I found is that grumbling and complaining, complaining rarely fix it, fixes it. It only makes me more discontent. And so how would you say, because you know, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm walking through all this mess and I find myself getting really frustrated. And so I just say, thank you, God. It is that, does that start out, that practice, does that start out as just a mental choice? Is it still just a mental choice or has something come in practicing gratitude that has actually made it come truly from your heart and not just, I need to do this because it's the right thing to do? That's really good. So I think once we make the mental choice and we repeat it and then we start thinking instead of the negative things, we we do start thinking of the good things God has given us. It does turn into gratitude. So at first I'm like, I will... First, you know, it's just the, okay, thank you, God. We do have clothes. Like we do have, like it's the, men- it is the mental choice. It is me kind of like getting my mind to switch. But then as I continue on, I think, wow, you know, yes, there's a lot of clothes here, but I know like the kids that we've adopted, they didn't always have all these things. And you brought him to us, God. And thank you so much that you have brought healing into our home. And so it turns from that, just that switch into true thankfulness. The more I let my mind dwell on that and think about what he's done and think about what he's provided in our lives. And I think another thing too, that um, helped me was my friend, Alice Kreider, um, you know, have hired her as a life coach before. And she talks about when we get in that negativity, it is like a motor bike, a dirt bike stuck in a ruddy mud. Mm. And we just keep going around and around and around and around. And we are stuck. We don't think of solutions because we are just stuck in the muck and then the yuckiness and we're getting dirtier and dirtier as we sink down and um, it just affects us. But one thing that she had me do is to get a piece of paper 
and write all those negative thoughts down that are always kind of going through my mind. The house is always a mess and I don't have enough time to myself and I mean all these sorts of things and write all those things on one side of a, a folded piece of paper and then you know unfold it and on the other side pick a solution that would would change things or just one small step. And so for me when I first did this and um, the house is always a mess, the first solution was I need to organize a chore chart for my kids because I tried stuff and it didn't work and but I it took me like 20 minutes and we came up with a chore chart and it, we've kept the same one on the, our our um, wall for like two years and it's worked wow. and it has helped things. And so it is that kind of getting out, not only getting our minds that, yes, we want to have thankfulness, but then also think of a solution that can help us with the problem. Um, another thing would be, you know, I don't have time for myself. And so, um, you know, okay, I could actually win the kids um go you know some of my kids are in cheer practice so when they're when some of them are cheer pack practice get a babysitter with the other kids and I can have that two hours for me I'll go to a coffee shop I will take a book if there's something I'm working on that you know that's an enjoyable thing that I could um you know enjoy doing sitting there drinking coffee and I scheduled that time for myself so I could grumble and complain that I don't have time for myself or I could find a very simple solution, even if it's just two hours a week. It's like, okay, that's something. And so, um, but again, whether it's you know lifting our voices in praise and turning it to thankfulness to God, or thinking of one small solution, we do need to get our minds off that muddy rut, and that it's just we're not going anywhere. Like we're just we're muddy, we're dirty, we're stuck, and it's not helping anything. Um, and then those little things can kind of switch us and get our mind in the right direction. And once we give our mind a task, like, oh, I have a problem I need to solve. Okay. <laughs> then our mind will kind of do the work and God's spirit can guide us. Um, but if we just stay in the negative, we're not going anywhere. Mm, that is so powerful because grumbling and complaining focuses on the problem and it does not help for the solution. I am so excited because you have created a Facebook group to actually help people walk this out. And it's, I know because I've read the book that it's going to be filled with some of these practical activities that are going to help us actually take steps forward. And it doesn't just slap our hand and say, stop grumbling. You give us practical help to do it. Tell us a little bit about what's going to be happening this year. Yeah. So the, it's just starting this week, the Grumble Free Year, and they could just go to thegrumblefreeyear.com and it'll have links to the private Facebook group. And in the Facebook group, we're going to have conversations. I have some videos that I'm going to be putting up there, just sharing my kids are going to be in there talking to because some people are like, okay, Trisha, I hear you saying it, but okay, let's, let's hear from your kids. So my kids are going to be jumping in there um, once in a while, changing, you know, sharing up some things that, that have changed in their hearts. And so really it's a place that we're going to go through the book. We're going to be reading through the chapters together. And then also we can talk about it and just share how God is changing us as we go along. I love it. Oh, that's exciting. And listen, you guys, you really do need to go over to trishagoyer.com and see all of the wonderful material Trisha has. Follow her on Facebook, Instagram, amazing stuff. I have, I have a final question. I'd love to hear what's happening. You know, you've written this book and that writing a book takes time, but then you also had to do the actual year long challenge. What's, how's the grumble free going now, two years later? Yeah, and I think that that's a great question because 
because it was something that we worked on, it's kind of always something that we have to continue to remind ourselves of, but we have a starting point. So, you know, even today, my kids were sitting down and I'm like, okay, they, one, one of them was complaining. I say, is that a grumble? And they just look at me shyly because they know that was a grumble. And they do the same thing with me. We don't have to start the conversation from the beginning. It's like we already know God's worked on our hearts and we've changed a lot, but those grumbles still are going to come in. There's days we're tired. We don't feel good. Things aren't going that way. Um, and it is just a reminder that, okay, we don't need to start from the beginning of the conversation. We could kind of just pick up as those little reminders, encouraging each other. And it's not like jumping on them when they grumble, like we did this book, you can never grumble again. <laughs> but it's just reminding them like, we've been working on this. And, um, you know, do we need to, do we need to pull out that scripture again or whatever? So it's just a continual reminder. And I think that's, it's going to be that way for the rest of our lives. Like, it's never going to be like, we've conquered this, <laughs> you know, we've overcome this. But it's that reminder that, Yes, we are still prone to grumble. We stop grumbling sooner. We turn to God sooner. And I think that is a wonderful result. I love it. I love it. Well, what would you say to that mama who is in the middle of it right now? Or or maybe or maybe it's that grandma who um, is raising her grandchildren and they've come with a whole bunch of baggage and she finds her normal cool just losing it all the time. What what would you encourage them today? What's one place they could start? Oh, so one of the things that helped me the most um, and helped change the most was to point out not just when the kids are grumbling, but point out when they do say thank you or when they're doing something right. Mm. And I think so many times it's so easy to point out the negative instead of the positive. And so um, I think the biggest change came when, um, you know, my kids would be doing their chores. And instead of me going in there saying, you forgot here, you need a vacuum over here, you need to do this better. When I went in there and said, wow, you are really doing a good job wiping out the sink. I could really see that you were taking pride in that and, um, you know, that, you are maturing and it could be the rest of the kitchen. It's a mess, <laughs> but if they're like wiping at the sink, and then all of a sudden it's like, Oh wait, mom's noticing. And, uh, one of my daughters, I remember, you know, say, telling her what a great job she was doing, wiping off the counter in one little spot. And all of a sudden she's like, Oh, and she ended up moving everything off the counters, wiping everything down, doing a really good job because I paused and I noticed her and I thanked her and I showed her that I appreciated what she did instead of just myself grumbling or saying, hey, you need to do a better job here. And I think whether you know you have a two-year-old or you have a 15-year-old, just notice something that they're doing right and praise them for it, thank them for it. And it's amazing that kids just eat that up and they want that. They want to know that people are paying attention and that they are appreciated for what they do. Um, and so I would say if, if you take one thing away from that, just start doing that with your kids. And I think you will notice a change in attitudes. I love it. You know, I've actually been doing that with myself. Yeah. <laughs> like catching myself uh, doing it, you know, not grumbling or catching myself when I don't give in to frustration and just yeah. going, good job, Joanna. <laughs> Good. I know that you held your tongue. Great job. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, I think sometimes we just, we're like, oh, there I did it again. Oh, I'm just, I'm just a grumbler. And, and I've just asked the Lord, I don't, I don't want frustration to be my constant mm. default. 
you know, and just for me, like pausing, as you talked about, giving myself grace when I mess up, um, catching myself, just, you know, I may feel it. I may think it, it may, some words can slip out, but I can stop myself in the process before I let it go on and on. Are there any little tips you found for yourself with grumbling? Well, and I think one thing for me, because we have so many people in this house, is just tell myself, like, I think you just need a three minute break, you know, and so and just I love how you said grace, because that like God spoke to me over and over again, like, give yourself grace. Um, And I will just tell my kids, I'll be back because we homeschool. I mean, they're around me all the time. I'm like, mommy just needs, you know, say three minutes or five minutes. And I'll just go in my room, lay in my bed, take some deep breaths. <laughs> like, because I mean, and, and honestly, there are sometimes that there are things that um, no one would fault me for grumbling about. <laughs> there's, right. There's, there's hard stuff and the, we face hard stuff as parents and as people. Um, and just realizing like, okay, God, I'm coming to you. I just need your strength right now. I just need your peace. I just need a big breath. I just need to relax for a moment. And I think it is when we're always busy and always moving and always doing these things, we don't take time to connect with God. And yes, I love my quiet time in the morning, but sometimes I will just pull away. I'll pull up my Bible app and just look through some verses and just give myself like, okay, I just need this break from the kids or from whatever. And just give myself that grace, take a minute and and come before God. And he is so faithful in those moments. Even if it's just five minutes, like I just feel like, okay, he's with me. I could handle whatever's going on. And um, yes, I feel like grumbling. Or yes, there's maybe something that um, no one would fault me for grumbling about, but just turning it over to him. Like, it's yours. I know that you're here. And I, I give this to you. And that makes such a huge difference. In the, and, and probably like every day of my life, like every day of my life, the kids know like mom needs five minutes. And so I could even tell them, don't open the door. Mom needs five minutes. <laughs> so it's a daily thing around here. I love it. Well, it's it's that time out that isn't a punishment, yeah. <laughs> but it's a gift to just get our hearts right before the Lord and and invite Him into the equation. Um, I just love it if you would pray for those ladies out there. You know, some of them don't have kids, but the, they've just found that their their attitude is just pretty much horrible right now, and they need the Lord's help. I think all of us, no matter what season we're in, what what kind of life we have. I think this whole issue of grumbling and complaining is a big one. So I just love to have you close this in prayer. Sure. Absolutely. Dear God, I am just so thankful that I could come to you for myself and for my friend, Joanna, and for all the listeners out there. And Lord, we just lift ourselves up to you, God. I lift everyone listening up to you, Lord. I thank you God, that we do not have a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control and even over our tongue and over our grumbling and that you will help us in these moments. This is not something that surprises you. Um, You had to deal with it, Lord, over and over again, and you deal with it with us. But I just thank you that we can come to you, that you give us grace and that you teach us to give ourselves grace. I pray, Lord, that Um, If there's deeper heart stuff that we really need to address, that we will just open it up before you, God, and help us to just feel like we don't have to hide from you any longer and just peel back those layers of our heart. Lord, I thank you so much that you have the transforming power and that you will come to us to give us the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the self-control, everything that we need that we can turn to you, God. Um, I pray that you will just be with us. I pray that you will help us be 
an influence to those around us and that people will um, notice a difference as we continue to turn over to you and then that our grumbling when it changes into Thanksgiving, that people will notice a change and ask us about it. And we'll have a, a chance to share about what you're doing in our lives. And I just pray and I just thank you so much for my friend, Joanna. Just bless her in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Oh, that was so good. Yay. Yeah. Oh, you guys, I just love talking to Trisha. She's just so real and she's so honest. And yet she has so much wisdom and practical advice. I really believe that everything could change if we would begin to discipline our mouths and our grumbling hearts. So will you do that with me? Will you take up that challenge? And to help us, Trisha has created several things that I think you're going to enjoy. The first is the 30-day grumble-free challenge you can sign up for at her website, but also she's going to have a private Facebook group that's a book club that walks you through each chapter and just gives you a chance to have community, to bounce things off of, to celebrate wins, and to to kind of confess those failures. There's something about doing it together that really helps change the way we talk and the way we live. But I've also created some special gifts I'd love to have you check out. You know, as we exchange gratitude for our grumbling, I think that my decade in review that I talked about in episode 21 could really help. You can sign up for that over at the show notes. But also, Word of God Speak is our new um, Bible reading challenge. And you can sign up for a free Bible reading journal, complete with space to just... um, record what God's been speaking to you through your reading. We're just doing a chapter a day this year. It's really doable. It's really easy. I think you're going to really enjoy it. And we also have a wonderful community over at my Facebook page where we share what God's been speaking to our hearts. You can find all these links over at joannaweaverbooks.com forward slash zero two two. Oh, you guys, I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to open your heart to what the Lord might want to do in your life this year. You know, He is a God who loves to come alongside us. He not only shows us what we need to change, He gives us the power to do it. And with His help, you guys, we can be people who speak words of life, not grumbling, murmuring, complaining words. Well, until next time, you guys, I just want you to know You are loved and you've got a God who is on your side and more than willing and able to help you become a grumble-free girl (laughs) so that you and I can live and love and lead like Jesus. 